From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion, email edition for February 26th, 2009, from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Teresa Eccles, Walter Eccles, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, my nephew James, my niece Amy, and my grandniece, baby Victoria. And James keeps walking out of the room with the baby because he thinks like it's... If she makes any noise, can't be on air. He has no. He doesn't listen to the show that much. <laughs> we have all sorts of background noises here. She might be a bingo square now. Oh yeah, podcast bingo. <laughs> all right, folks. This is our uh, normal email voicemail show for this week. Just go through the regular spiel if you'd like to send us an email podcast at wdwinfo.com. Or you can send us a voicemail toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 1-877-310-9662. The local number for us, area code 407-574-5093. If you're in the United Kingdom and would like to call us toll-free, 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, toll-free, 1-800-774-531. Got them all. Wow. I have to write that we had I had to write them on my little cheat sheet that faces me so I can remember. Um I still don't have any any of our numbers memorized. I've only been reading the number for I don't know how many <laughs> two years now. So all right, we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um our first voicemail comes to us from Chris, who has some comments about the American Idol audition process from our report a few weeks ago. So here's Chris. Hi, my name is Chris. I'm Scooby Pop on the board, and I actually just finished listening to the American Idol segment, and I just wanted to add a little bit, um, like one or two things that I thought were maybe some extra information you might want to know. Um, my friend and I, uh, my, my traveling party of six, we were at Disney World last week, and we also went through the attraction, and um, two of the six of us auditioned, and one of us got on stage. I, I'm one who auditioned, but I did not get on stage, but my friend did. Um, I know that you guys had questions that, oh, I think maybe there are some ringers in there, but everything seemed absolutely completely legit. I know that the caller, David, had explained, oh, well, the other people had these packaged um, segments. I, having been there, I watched how they, um, how they filmed and interviewed somebody right outside the attraction in front of the screen and so it wasn't like that was set up before like one of the contestants who was on the stage got that set up and my friend also happened to be the one who when we were all standing outside of the theater they come out with a little camera and they say hey I just want you guys to say Christian you're our American Idol Christian you're our American Idol and the camera pans across and it's just one of those extra silly little things that they put in during the show so those weren't prepackaged um, in advance to sort of sway the audience one way or another. It just happened to be everything that uh, your caller, David, had explained all the way through with um, with this extra little thing thrown in there to just make make it as real as possible to the real show. And then the other thing that he had left out, and you guys were saying, you know, I think this has taken a big portion of the day. Um, it does, obviously. Um, my friend did not win his show either. The girl who won, she probably deserved it. 
And um, but what they don't tell you is you actually get a fast pass for your entire party to go to all the major attractions. So um, as much as it takes out of your day, you do get the fast pass, like Toy Story, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror. I mean, there were there was not a line at Tower of Terror anyway that day, but the other two there were. So the fast pass was really useful. Anyway, I just wanted to add that information. Um, you guys know that uh, I don't believe for a second any of it was set up. The Simon Judge had criticism for all the contestants, not just one where the other two like looked like obvious winners. And also all three of the contestants in my friend's show were all dressed theme party. They were all in shorts and t-shirts, so it's not like they had these, you know, real contestants. <laughs> Well, thank Thanks you. Thanks for calling from the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't take five seconds and sit down. <laughs> You're that busy. Oh, my. Well, thank you very much, Chris, for calling in. Oh, that was and, uh, and And sharing that with us. Yeah, when uh, David Zanola did it, uh, it was still in previews. Well, I thought it was interesting that uh, they're giving uh, a fast pass to get onto everything for anybody who participates. That's, that's cool. For all the, the, every member of your party, I think that is cool because uh, that was one of the big questions we had: was you know you're going to blow an entire day of your vacation doing this? So you walk up and just say, "I want to audition." Yeah, there's like a queue line on the back of the attraction, and you give you oh, around there, and then they take you in one of the because Grace. Wants to do this when she turns fourteen. Really? Yeah, I'm thinking. Please don't. But ever walking away crying. <laughs> oh, that's that's confidence in your child. <laughs> Supportive parent of the year, ladies and gentlemen. Recycles. <laughs> Love you, Grace. Oh, too much. All right, who has a uh, email they'd like to read? I have one. John. Mine is from Bob in Ohio. And Bob writes, Dear Podcast Crew, thanks for the great job that you all do. Last week when you answered a listener's question about discounts on Disney Cruises, you mentioned something about onboard credits. Since my wife is trying to convince me to look into doing a Disney cruise sometime, we've never done any type of cruise before. So I noticed the offers of onboard credits while exploring the possibilities of booking cruises through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Um, so my question is, what exactly does one use the onboard credit for? We're not big shoppers, especially when it comes to souvenirs. On our last trip to Walt Disney World, the only thing we bought was a T-shirt, and that was because we had a gift card as part of our package. We don't drink alcoholic beverages, so wouldn't be ordering any of those. So what else is there that one could use the onboard credit for? Thank Spa. You. Thanks for answering this question. Um, Bob, think about your onboard credit as really just being a credit on your account. And when you show up, you're going to have uh, a negative balance on your what they call your room folio. So anything you would purchase on the ship would be able to then take away that negative balance first before you actually have to pay for it. Um, you're going to pay for your gratuities on the ship, so your onboard credit could go towards paying for your gratuities. If you decide to do a shore excursion through Disney, uh, you can then use your, shore, your uh, shipboard credit towards that. There are some other places where you might spend money, even though you're not, you don't drink alcoholic beverages. In the Cove Cafe, specialty drinks uh, are there's a charge for those specialty coffee specialty drinks. coffee drinks. That's right. So you may have to pay for that. So there are places where you may use an onboard credit. Bingo. Uh, right, you charge bingo to the your spa. room. 
the spas Pete bingo. mentioned. What's bing- the game? Yeah. Yep. They have a bingo game where it's... Uh, <laughs> What's bingo? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was... You know, I'm thinking bingo, like, you know, at the VFW Hall or... It's very expensive, and they do a couple during the, the cruise, depending on the length of the cruise. But you can win, like, 1700 bucks sometimes. It, I mean, they, these jackpots oh. get huge. They roll over, so if no one wins during the, the lower games, they roll over to the last game, and some pretty big prizes have been given away. But on a seven-night cruise where three or $4,000 was given away once. Really? Well... So... It's very popular. Um, I don't think you're going to have a really hard time spending your onboard credit. And I know you say you're not big souvenir shoppers. If this is your first cruise and your first Disney cruise, you're going to want something. Yeah. Do you really think Disney's letting you off that ship without buying some kind of merchandise? Exactly. Um, There's the the whole uh, picture taking. Yeah, I was going to say the photos. Every two steps you take, someone's going to take your picture. You can buy those. That could be go go against your shipboard credit. I don't think you're going to have trouble spending it, so... Don't let that be a deterrent. How am I going to spend my money? <laughs> really, what will I do with all that shipboard credit? Exactly. <laughs> when they can't fit your stateroom bill under the door on the last night, you'll know you had a good time. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Thank you for that, John. I have one here from Jay, Bar- Jay Bartles, uh, who writes, Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the show you did about Give Kids the World was absolutely amazing, and I want to thank you for helping bring attention to this wonderful organization. My son, John Eric was diagnosed with stage 4 neuroblastoma cancer at 14 and a half months old in September of 2007. After chemotherapy, radiation treatment, stem cell harvest surgeries, stem cell transplant, and numerous too-many-to-count blood and platelet transfusions, John Eric relapsed in April of 2008, and we were out of options other than to love our son and do what we could for him to enjoy the rest of his time with us as a little boy and not as a patient. First on the list was a trip to Disney World. At the time, John Eric was 22 months old, and unfortunately, Make-A-Wish, Give Kids the World, only takes children over three. But through the help of family and friends and the company my wife and I work for, we were able to take John Eric to Disney World in April of 2008. My wife and I have always been Disney fans, and the podcast and website were instrumental in planning our trip. We were there uh, for seven days, and for the first time in nine months, John Eric was a little boy, not a patient. With the help of Disney, a special assistance pass, we were able to do everything and anything John Eric wanted. The look on his face as he walked up to every character we could find was priceless. Other than his little bald head, no one would have ever known he was sick. It was the best week of his life, not to mention mine and my wife's. Unfortunately, the day after we returned, we were once again in the hospital, and on May 16, 2008, John Eric won his fight against cancer and earned his angel wings. Uh, even though we were not able to stay at Give Kids the World, we have many families and friends that have met through our hospital stays who have, and the facilities and services they offer there are above and beyond what most people could imagine. One family in particular arrived in Orlando and during their stay at Give Kids the World needed to be hospitalized for several days, and Give Kids the World and Disney made sure that the characters went to the hospital to visit him and his family. Oh, wow. I guess what I'm trying to say is thank you once again for all you're doing for Give Kids the World. Organizations like this require a lot of funding because sometimes family only have a very narrow window to be able to use their facilities and for them to be able to make uh, uh, and for them to be able to accommodate families on short notice and make their visits a trip of a lifetime is commendable. Memories made at Give Kids the World and Disney will be cherished. Uh, be this families. 
Memories made at Give Kids the World and Disney will be cherished for fa- by families forever and ever. They are truly priceless. Once again, thank you for supporting Give Kids the World and helping bring attention to such an amazing and wonderful organization. We have started the JEB Foundation in John Eric's honor and memory to help kids with cancer and their families at our home hospital. And we know all, all too well how important funding and corporate sponsors can be in making these things successful. Keep up the good work. And uh, he included some uh, pictures of John Eric that we will include on the site. Uh, Jay, thank you very much for this very touching uh, email and uh, very sorry uh, that you lost your son. But uh, as you point out, uh, this is why we're really kind of pushing and pushing with our Give Kids the World uh, promotion right now. Puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And uh, this is why we want, especially, I think it's so important during, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but during this economy, uh, places like Give Kids the World really suffer because companies and individuals don't have the money to donate. So we, uh, we're going to uh, keep pushing this to raise as much as we can for kids like John Eric. Uh, and unfortunately, there are far too many children dealing with issues like this out there. So, yeah, the work that uh, Give Kids the World does, as you, as you say, is, is really uh, incredible. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. I've got a, a lot of teary-eyed people around the table right now. Got the cry fest going on. Yeah. So, all right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Christina, who has a question about grand gatherings. So here is Christina. Hello, podcast team. This is Christina in Texas. I am Java Mama on the board. I have a few questions about um, a grand gathering, about planning a a grand gathering. Uh, We are planning a big trip. uh, I always plan our big family vacations every year. And by family, I mean like aunts and uncles and grandparents and whole lots of families together. Uh, But this year, we are going to have other friends' families, too. So it's going to be really big. It's going to be our family and several friends and their families. Um, And I... I just don't even know where to begin with a grand gathering. Um, does Disney give any kind of discount to grand gatherings? And if so, how many people do you have to have to classify as a grand gathering? Do you have to book all together, or um, can you book individual packages? What really constitutes as a grand gathering? And where should we stay? That's really difficult. We've gone several times, you know, eight or nine times. But we've never stayed on property, so it's always been um, kind of a dream. And I always thought one of the biggest perks of staying on property is that you could stay on a monorail resort and just, you know, hop on over to the Magic Kingdom. But um, And I am worried about the buses with that many people, although we won't, you know, be together all the time. Um, I just, they don't sound wonderful. <laughs> I just don't, I don't know how the buses, uh, how we'd like that at the end of a long day having to wait. Uh, but with a big group, you know, I was thinking some of the resorts that are farther out might be better. So that that's another decision that we've got to make. Uh, and is off-property better for a big group? Uh, I'm sure, you know, the places like Kevin and John own and the houses and, um, you know, that just sounds so much better to, for us all to have that kind of as a setup. Uh, so is that better, or is it really worth it to stay on property? Are the extra extra mal- or, oh, I can't talk today. The extra magic hours are they really worth it? Um, you know, we've just we've never done that, so uh, we've always found it just as you know convenient for us to stay right off property. 
So uh, those are my questions. I know there's a lot of them. I hope you'll uh, take the time to take the time to answer them. Anyway, guys, I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to my big giant long voicemail. And oh, and I have been listening to back episodes um, since I have so many hours that I'm busy or needing entertaining while I'm training. And uh, the very second episode y'all did. Y'all discussed the whole wheelchair issue, uh, so I thought that was interesting that that's still going on, and um, just I think some people just don't know, so that's good that y'all keep repeating the importance of um, that they're not just being lazy or whatever, so I thought that was interesting, the very second podcast that was a topic, a big topic already. So thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Well, thank you very much for that, Christina. I've uh, got a lot of questions in there. Uh, first, no, uh, Disney does not offer any discounts whatsoever. <laughs> it's like you want to pause it at every question and go, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I, th- I thought her name was Krista. Christina. 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 Christina needs a travel agent. Yep. Need somebody to help you with that, Christina. you got a lot going on. Um, Dreams Unlimited would be more than happy to help you. <laughs> more than happy. What's the minimum for a grand gathering, Kathy? Eight. Eight, okay. eight people. Eight people or more constitute a grand gathering. You don't have to be a grand gathering. It doesn't mean you, you know you have to do things together. It just helps in Disney's system for them to link you together if that's what you want. Pete's right. There's no discounts for grand gatherings. If you are a grand gathering, though, you have um, access to events and things that people who are not grand, grand, in a grand gathering have. There's cruises you can do. There's uh, meals you can do. All sorts of really cool stuff. If that's what you want to do, these things are all extra money. They're going to cost you. And it also means scheduling everybody together. You do have to book through Disney to qualify for a grand gathering. You have to stay on Disney property. Right. You can book through a travel agent, but it has to be on Disney property. Correct. You have to stay at a Disney-owned and operated resort. If you do decide to stay off property, again, you won't qualify to be a grand gathering. And again, if those events are not important to you, it doesn't make any difference. Uh, depending on the size of your group is going to depend on what you want to do as far as staying on or off property or where you want to stay. You know, If you have enough to fit into one home, then that's great because everybody can stay together and you all can you know, have a central place to, to get together. If you have to take more than one room at a resort, you might be spread out. But then again, you also have your own space. So that's something to consider as well. Um, the best resort, again, is going to depend on you and your taste and your style and how many people you could stay at a home away from home resort and get, and get a grand villa where everybody can stay together. Or you can stay at you know the poly and be on the monorail. This is all really, you know, we'd have to know more about you, more about your style, more about what you want to do with your family. Um, and everybody's... Like room or whatever can be a little bit different, but you're all still part of the grand gathering. Right. I was going to say that she said, "Do you all have to be the same?" No, you don't have to be. You don't even have to be at the same resort to bring in a grand gathering. You just have to be linked together in Disney system. And again, I want to emphasize the the importance of that is just so that you can participate in these other things. There were a lot of questions about whether or not we thought things were worth it. It all depends on really what your party's going to do. Are extra magic hours worth it? Are buses worth it? Are staying on the monorail worth it? That's something that only you can decide. I mean, I think you have to, when you decide to go with a large group like that, you have to figure out what your role is. Do you want to be, you know, sheep herder 
Do you want to make sure everyone's going in the same place at the same time? Let's all go here. Let's go there. Or do you want to just let people go and do their own thing? I'm a let people go do their own thing kind of guy. To me, you're just you're asking for trouble if you try to just get it's like herding cats. Exactly. You know? We're all going to try to travel together, and it's just going to be a mess. Making dining reservations gets exponentially harder once you get above eight or ten people. Right. You may have to be at separate tables because they just don't have the tables to accommodate you. Yeah, if, you've, if you're traveling with 20 people and you think you're going to be eating all your meals sitting all at the same table, you're going to be setting yourself up for major disappointment. Exactly. And then you get into the, the thing of who likes what. I don't want to eat there. I'm not going to like the food. doesn't have anything that appeals to me. I think a common mis- misconception is that the more people you go with, you're somehow going to get a great deal so that people think if I'm traveling with 8 or 12 people, well, that means now I can get a room at the Polynesian for the same price I could have gotten at, you know, Pop Century. doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Um, that's just the way it is, you know. Uh, if you do stay off property, you have to consider transportation for yourself. And also, you know, if you do go in different directions, you might have to have more than one car. The other thing with the buses, uh, uh, people ask all the time, are they good, are they bad? If you've ever taken a bus in a small city, it works very similarly. They're, they're, they're busy. It's a busy transportation system. And people assume that when you're staying at Disney, this bus is going to magically take you to the destination that you desire. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up at the, the bus stop and a bus is going to be there waiting for me. Take me. I'm going to get there. And Right. There's many times when you would have to take a bus to a different location to get a different bus. Not all, buses, not all locations have direct bus routes where you want to go. Going from one hotel to another hotel is usually kind of difficult, unless you're on a monorail system. You have to take a bus to a major transportation hub and then take another bus to the hotel that you want to visit if you want to go someplace for dinner. So it's something to keep in mind. It's very much like moving around a small city. So, yeah, I mean, you had a lot of questions in there. There was a lot of stuff going on. You know, we're... I think the people who listen to us know we're not shilling for Dreams Unlimited Travel. However, in a case like this where you have a large group, you might want to put your trust in a travel agent. No, maybe we're just shilling it just a little bit. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I love our company, and I think she's you do great perfect, things. For, she's the perfect example of being really, a travel agent. You know, yeah, absolutely. Someone who's going to help you out. So good luck, Christina. All right. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I do. Teresa. Over here. Um, this is from Mitch Burzen or Burzine. I have a quick question on Animal Kingdom. After listening to the review that Pete gave on Yak and Hurl, I understand that there are no decent sit-down restaurants at the park. I have read some information on the park itself, and it appears that the Animal Kingdom is a half-day park. What are your opinions on this? The reason I ask is that we will be in Walt Disney World in 100 days and will be on a time crunch. I want to try to fit Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios into a, a day apiece. Can this be done, or is this a recipe for a family meltdown? The age of my children are eight, seven, six, two, and thirty-five. <laughs> wow! Jeez. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> I think you're speechless. <laughs> well, I don't know. You want to take this? I stop. I forgot what she asked. She okay. said one of her kids was thirty-five. <laughs> um, Animal Kingdom can be a half-day park off-season, and if you get there as soon as the park opens. Uh. And you don't want to ride Kilimanjaro. It's also Expedition, Expedition Everest. Everest. It is uh, a lot of walking around Animal Kingdom. Um, it's an expansive park, uh, and you know, so it's six of one, half dozen of the other on that. Trying to fit Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios into one day 
I mean, God bless you if that's what you want to do, but you're going to be exhausted. Your kids are going to be exhausted, especially if you've got young ones. Um, it, it. I would only do that if you decide uh, you can do Animal Kingdom, and then you decide in the afternoon we're just going to go to Hollywood Studios to hit one or two things. If you're not going to try to do the entire park the next half of the day, I think you can get over there, do maybe Toy Story Mania if you can get a fast pass for that, or single rider line or something like that. And Did they say when they were coming? In 100 days from February 10th. Now, I could do both parks in one day just because of the rides that are there, but with little kids, I, I think yeah. that's too much for one day. Well, the 35-year-old can carry the two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, maybe, that, maybe that's his age. Nope. I'm reading that that way. Yeah, I, I agree with Pete. I think that's you know you're, that's really ambitious, really ambitious, ambitious. Especially depending on 100 days is going to be hot. Or it's gonna you're be talking hot about here. May, the end of May. Yeah, I, I think you're. Yeah, I think you're. You're dreaming. I think you'll be really making it unnecessarily uncomfortable for the rest of your family doing doing that. Do Animal Kingdom. Uh, figure out what you guys liked. Do it again. You may have to wait for. Uh, was it Nemo and Friends? Is one of those that's you know tends to have a. A bit of a wait for it, so you may wind up taking longer that day. Go back to the resort, eat, swim in the pool, enjoy the rest of your day, and then go to another park the next day. You also lose a lot of the magic and the detail when you do something like that. You're not going to enjoy either one to its fullest. Yeah, you're rushing. Yeah, running to get to the next thing. I would say pick one and just go with your decision. Hollywood Studios. I mean, so I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I get the feeling that the 35-year-old is the other partner. It's got to be. That's just my guess. And then there was two. Eight, seven, six, two, and 35. Eight, seven, six. That's kind of all clumped together. But you've also got a two-year-old. But they would probably love Animal King. I don't know. Do both. Different days. Agreed. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Corey has some information about the amoebas I keep talking about in the lakes. Hey, guys. This is Corey from New York. Uh, quick comment about the uh, last show. I believe it was Pete that mentioned uh, the bacteria in the lakes attacking very young children and the old people who are immunocompromised. Um, it's actually an amoeba named Nigleria phalari, and it tends to actually attack people who are previously healthy and do not have a compromised immune system which is what, one of the things that makes it such a devastating thing, uh, usually causes a very, very rapid fatal brain infection that occurs in about one week. If you're interested in looking up more on it, it's called primary amoebic meningoencephalitis is what the Nigleria phalari causes. Um, you, should, you get it through the, through the nose, so I guess to keep your head above water, you shouldn't get it, but don't go in the lakes. Um, just wanted to get, let you guys know that it tends to usually affect people with good immune systems, often kids from 20s, kids up to their 20s, rather, so that everyone should be careful, even if you are healthy. Um, all right, thanks, guys. Well, thank you for clarifying that, Corey. I'd always heard that uh, it was younger kids and older uh, older adults that were most susceptible to it, that you know, most most adults were pretty safe well whenever we hear it on the news here it always seems to be a young child yeah mm-hmm. always affected by it. a lot of times it's high school boys too yeah because they're more likely to be swimming in now like small rivers and things where there's mud going to be stirred up. right and it's it's in the it's in the sediment on the bottom of the lake right. and that when you you know when you're walking around and 
it kicks it up into the water. That's where it comes from, and that uh, it's really more of a threat during the warmer months when the temperature of the water is, is, above, uh, is above eighty degrees. Is above 80 degrees. So th- those were always my that was always my understanding. That's what we've heard from the Center for Disease Control and what we've heard on the news here. Um, still, in all, the number of people that uh, make light of uh, our, my insistence about staying out of the lakes just blows my mind. It really does. You know, it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Stay out of the damn lakes. There's a sign-up. There's a reason. There's a sign-up. Stay out of the lake. That's all. And there's so much other stuff to do down here. It's like, but, you know, God you forbid to go? you try and put five people in a hotel room <laughs> on our site. You know? Mm-hmm. God forbid. Or reuse your mugs. Or reuse your, your mug. Oh, no, that you can't do. Or oh, go to go ahead and swim pool. in the lakes. Oh, you know. Uh, it just kills me. Some of these people on the boards just. But, uh, all right, well, thank you, Corey, for calling in with that. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I'll read one. This is from Angela in Akron, Ohio. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. It's 19 degrees right now here in Ohio. Brrr. We are staying at Pop Century in June. We are traveling through Southwest Airlines. You, ha- you have to get your boarding pass online 24 hours before departure, especially to get a good seat. My question is, can someone at Pop Century at the lobby desk help us with this? Do they have a concierge desk? Can they print them out for us? Is there a fee, or do I have to wait until I get to the airport? Thanks so much for any info. I really enjoy the show. Thanks for all the hard work you do for us. Angela. I would say, um, you know, yes, you can get it at the desk. You can also, if you have a web-enabled cell phone, you can check in online, but you could just get them to print it when you got to the airport. I don't do Southwest. Anybody else have any suggestions? But, I mean, you yeah. You guys the South, Southwest mavens. Well, I mean, yeah, you want to try to check in in advance. And at the Palm Century, really, your only option would be to go to the lobby if you want to print it out. There is no concierge desk at the Pop Century, believe it or not. You know, um, if you were staying at a resort that did have a concierge desk, you could go there or a business center. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other place. Under I understand the, the guest services desks at the parks. Right. I'd heard that. Too. Right. We'll Continue. also print them out for you. There's a, a new guest services area. It's the same guest services area, but they've redone it at downtown Disney. Basically, they put a paneling. I think it looks great. It looks like uh, Grand Californian. It does, but that's all they did. I mean, hmm. they've got a new floor and a new wall. It's not that. It's still a guest services desk. They redecorated. I liked it. I'll have to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> they got it's new not computers. like there's a pool or anything. <laughs> the computers worked great. I think, yeah, that, that's basically your options. Cool. I'm trying to think if there's any. There were a couple of um, uh, places where you can get internet access on property, uh, like internet cafes, but I don't think they exist anymore. You're supposed to be able to pick up free Wi-Fi in the parking lot at Wide World of Sports. So if you bring a laptop, but then I guess if they had a laptop, they wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, but she's also worried about printing out her stuff. In the parking lot? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, there's loads of guests that just go over in the parking lot and... Oh, you know, for the love of God, pay for the internet connection for a day. <laughs> it's just not a secure you know, Wi-Fi. So they driving over to a parking lot to use free Wi-Fi. You hang out in back of Kentucky Fried Chicken away from the throw out the uh, <laughs> that night's food. I mean, come on. Well, you know, there's a recession, and if I want Kevin to go online, he has to drive around the neighborhood and look for the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> I got one. 
Oh, my Lord. I work sitting out on this curb. <laughs> That's bizarre. You know, in in one part of my house, I can get my neighbor's Wi-Fi, and the other part, I mm-hmm. get ours. Believe it or not, this is totally unrelated, St. Cloud has free Wi-Fi citywide. You can come to St. Cloud. Really? It's only about 25 minutes away. Yeah. Is it a good connection? It's actually a pretty good connection. Oh. I won't use it because it's not secure. Right. But... I mean, if you were the type of person who was just going to use the internet for not personal stuff, in search of totally wow. fine. Strong in our neighborhood. Cool. Victoria likes that idea. She <laughs> does. Um, all right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Jennifer, who has questions about vegetarian options at Disney World restaurants. So here is Jennifer. Hi, guys. This is Jennifer from Alabama, Wellesley Princess on the Boards, and I had a couple of dining questions. One is about the family meals, like Ohana and the um, Garden Grill at Epcot. We'll, we'll be traveling with a couple of vegetarians, and I was wondering if they would provide a separate meal, and if so, if it's something that needs to be arranged in advance, or if we simply need to ask when we check in, so, especially since those meals are so meat-heavy. Also, since we'll be traveling during Lent, I was wondering if there were more places that served vegetarian options or fish on Fridays in order to accommodate the guests that have to be meatless, or if you could recommend any good places for that type of food. Thanks, and I love the show. Well, thank you very much for that, Jennifer. Kevin, you have any? Yes, every place will offer a vegetarian entree. Talk to the chef. Talk to your server. I'm sure they'll do it. Is it going to be good? I can't promise you that. Uh, As far as Lint... I don't know. Well, uh, going back to our vegetarian thing, if you make an ADR, advanced dining reservation, they'll ask you. Yep. Any special dining requirements. And you can tell them that. But as as Kevin said, talk to the person who seats you, talk to your server, ask to talk to the chef. I'm sure they'll accommodate you. I don't think you're going to see more options for Lent because I think almost every restaurant on Disney property has... Just hide meat in their food and trick them. (laughs) There's a seafood app option. Yeah. Everywhere is it going to be more seafood options? I no. don't think so. No, I, I know that I've tried to do that at Disneyland and here, and I didn't ask if they had anything special, but it was just the same stuff that they had all the time. That you could find something. You could find something. I would suggest, you know, like maybe if it's during Lent, maybe you go off-site to eat, unless you're on the dining plan. But like yeah. the Celebration Tavern that we go to, they've got a lot of they seafood. Have a lot of fish. Um, the fish and chips place at Epcot, I think, has some of the best mm-hmm. fish on property. I think it's fresh. I think it's cooked right. So if that's something you want to make sure you are positioned to do during Lent, that's always good. We take my mom out all the time, uh, and my mom doesn't really eat meat. She doesn't eat red meat. She just doesn't. She's not a meat eater. However, she will eat chicken and fish, and there's something on the menu all the time. The other thing is, if you don't see, uh, we just recently went out to dinner, and there wasn't a soup on the entree, on the menu that my mom enjoyed. However, they had chicken noodle soup on the kids' menu. So that was an option. She had a really good chicken noodle soup that she enjoyed. And it just meant asking if we could order the soup off the children's menu, and they said absolutely no problem. And there, most of the signature or sit-down restaurants, they'll make you something. If you say, listen, I don't see, can I just have a piece of fish or something like that? Or Right. That's going to be harder at one of the counter service restaurants. They're limited. You know, you could always get a salad or a soup or a chicken sandwich or something. At one of the signature restaurants or a sit-down restaurant, they should be able to accommodate your wishes. Don't fret. I hate to see people fret over stuff like that. You know, Disney will work it out with And you. if they're vegetarian, they've dealt with this before. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
All right. Well, thank you for that, Jennifer. Well, it says an email I'd like to read. I have one. This Walter. Melissa. It looks like <clears throat> Calcioni. She's Melissa from R.I. on the Disboards. It says, hi, podcast team. I'm a new listener, and I'm already hooked. I really enjoy your honest and detailed resort reviews and was wondering if you had any plans to review the Grand Floridian. The Grand Floridian is my personal favorite, and I would love to hear your guys' take on it. Anyway, thank you for for <clears throat> anyway, thank you for providing enjoyable and intelligent entertainment for us Disney fanatics. Take care, and I'll be listening. No. Yeah, we're not going to do that one. <laughs> no. Um, no, it's, yeah. uh, no. At some point, we will. It's on our list of resorts to do. We're going to get to every resort eventually. Um, I think that we just there's so much going on. You know, it's going to take us time to get there. Yeah, it's just yeah. Well, well, we we're continuing to do our our uh, resort reviews every few months, so uh, we will get to it eventually. Exactly when I don't know, but at some point we will. All right, I have one from Ann Cole in South Dakota who writes: We're planning to visit uh, Walt Disney World around mid mid May. School lets out early here, and we thought we'd avoid some crowds. Back in early fall, Pete was discussing the high ragweed counts. I have a child that is allergic to ragweed. So I'm trying to avoid a time when the count may be higher than usual. Generally, is mid-May a good time to come? Said child is on allergy shots, so we have some leeway with this. Thanks for the podcasts. I don't know, Walter. You're better versed in the... I think ragweed is more of a fall-blooming weed. Yeah. So I think they should be fine. In May, yeah. And WFTV.com always has the allergy counts on there, too. I, so you might oh, good point. I think even weather.com and um, the Weather Channel has pollen counts, too. I know there's one time here in the spring that, when is it that, like, you go out and your car's all yellow? It's actually sometime around now, because okay. when the, uh, the oak pot? trees start blooming. Right, the oak trees. Okay. The other thing is that it's really hard, because we're all from someplace else, and I find that I never had allergies in my life, and now all of a sudden I do. Different things bloom in Florida than they do where you live. So you might find that there's something else in the air that's... I have a terrible allergy to exercise. <laughs> well, you get to run with that lady who's in the marathon. And non-fried foods. You can't eat anything not fried. Now, after having the Monte Cristo, I want all my sandwiches fried. <laughs> oh, donut sandwiches. Yeah. Do you see the one Paula Dean made with donuts? She does. She makes yeah. a sandwich on donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love her. That sounds so disgusting. Oh, it sounds it's, great. It's Paula Dean. You start with two pounds of butter and you add bacon fat. <laughs> and salt. Really? At least she's honest about it. Well, it says an email I'd like to read. I do. Kevin. Mine is from Cynthia. And Cynthia's Cynthia Jorgensen in Meridian, Indiana. And Cynthia says, hey, I miss hearing hello, Anthony. Is everything okay? Uh, Cynthia, I haven't heard from Anthony in a very long time. And when I first started saying that, Anthony was unique. Anthony reminded me of me. But that was when we first started doing that, and there weren't a lot of people that were writing to us. Anthony stood out. Nothing's changed. I wish Anthony the best. I understand Anthony's love of Disney. However, and this is please understand the way I'm saying this, Anthony is no longer unique. We've started to hear from people all over the country, all over the world, 
who have the same love of Disney that they have to explain. Yeah, I think Anthony's not unique in terms of the show. To us. Right, to us. And I apologize. I didn't make, mean to make that sound negative in any way. However, when Anthony's we... Anthony's just a garden variety <laughs> Disney nerd. <laughs> Anthony's one of us at this point. Yes. So he's not... He doesn't stand out as... He's been absorbed into the collective. Right. We, we just adopted him. So, no, there's nothing wrong. And I, I think there's Anthony and everybody. Anybody who's listening to the show there's, has had to explain to somebody why they're going back to Disney, why they love Disney, why they've got a Mickey Mouse thing on their desk at work. Somebody out there just doesn't understand. So we're all Anthony at this point. Sitting here making faces at my niece. I thought you were waving to Walter. No. I did too. I thought, wow, what's going on here? James is holding the baby. She, she is so freaking adorable it just making my head explode if he was trying to get walter's attention he'd wave something shiny yeah. <laughs> a plant yeah a plant or an animal a sandwich a sandwich, a sandwich. oh <laughs> who else has an email they'd like to read i have one hi everybody i have a quick question i hope somebody may able to may be able to answer on our last trip we ate at the liberty tree tavern in the magic kingdom i really like drinking i really like the drinking glasses they had on the tables and wanted to know if there was any way to purchase one as a souvenir. Any ideas? Stacy from St. Louis. Yeah, just stick them in your pocket. I was just going to say. Kidding. Kidding. Walk out with it. Big purse. Yeah. Oh, I have one. Distract the waitress. You can I have don't as remember many as you the glasses. What do they look either. like? They have the silver glasses that are kind of like um, Renaissance glasses. I think the bottoms are clear. I think the bottoms you can see through, but I may be wrong on those. Um, what I was going to say is I've seen those and also the ones that they use at Cinderella's Royal Table, the blue cobalt goblets. We have a place called Old Time Pottery uh, here in Orlando, and they sell sort of uh, loose. Every piece of crap known to me. <laughs> I still have to say that. Loose is- dishes, loose glasses and they have very good deals at it looked a lot like the prop warehouse at universal <laughs> it's a warehouse it's literally an, a, a huge huge warehouse and they sell home decorating stuff at very 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 low prices very expensive. you have to wade through a mountain of crap to, to get find, anything decent right but every once in a while you come across something that's fairly I've, cool i've seen these glasses there specifically i've seen the ones from cinderella's royal table there and i've so. seen them sometimes you know they have a, a tent sale down at the one outlet mall you know where the Vanity Fair is. I'm, I'm terrible on it's the 535 Lake Buena yeah. Vista outlets. Sometimes they've had things like that there, and then there's is it a character warehouse in that same shopping center? Sometimes they'll have glasses. I've never seen them for sale there at Disney, though. Have you? No, no. Yeah, I don't think you can get them there. But I think if you tried, it's not like I don't think these are made specifically for Disney. I think they're general restaurant serving utensils. We just recently saw the cobalt blue glasses from Cinderella's Royal Table and BJ's, BJ's Wholesale Club. Hmm. So these are like restaurant supply things, so it's not like it's, I can only get it at Disney. Look online. Keep your eyes, yeah, look online, keep your eyes open. Cool. Check eBay, somebody stole one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you for that, John. Our final voicemail this week comes to us from Suzette who has a question about spending the day at Disney Quest and then going over to Cirque du Soleil. So here is Suzette. Hey, podcast crew. This is Suzette Clare calling from Alito, Texas. I'm Stitch Lover on the boards. My question is for our upcoming trip, uh, March 12th through 21st. On our rest day, we plan on going to Disney Quest. 
And our daughter doesn't know, but that evening we had bought tickets for Cirque du Soleil for the early show because that is something she really wanted to do. So my question is, if we go to Disney Quest and we leave to go to Cirque du Soleil, can we go back to Disney Quest? Is it a come-and-go ticket, or once we leave, we're done? Because I'm thinking we might not want to be there the minute they open. We might want to go a little bit later in the day, but then we wouldn't have some more time. Well, thank you, Suzette. And, yes, uh, the tickets for uh, uh, Disney Quest are good for the entire day. You can come and go as you please. Um, they will uh, – no, I don't think they stamp your hand. Did they stamp our hands the last time? I can't remember. I don't think they did. Um, yeah, there's so few people on there, they just remember your face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, come back uh, in. So, yeah, I it's, think we just uh, kept our tickets with us. Yeah, because I think I walked – I probably walked out three or four times the last time we were there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's perfectly fine to – Come and go. Um, the ticket's good for the entire day. Bring Tylenol. So that's a great place. Um, so yeah, you'll have no trouble going to uh, going to Cirque du Soleil and then coming back and going back into Disney Quest if you want to. So again, that's one of those things that falls under ambitious. I think if you're at Disney Quest all day and then you go to the Cirque du Soleil show, you're going to be tired. Well, how long is Cirque du Soleil? It's not that long, is it? Day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> About ninety minutes. <laughs> So I hope that answers your question, Suzette. Thanks very much for calling. Thanks, everyone, for calling and writing in. We do appreciate it. Just to remind you, if you'd like to send us an email, it's podcast at wdwinfo.com. And one more time, the number is where you can reach us for voicemails, toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. Our direct number here in Orlando, area code 407-574-5093. In the UK, toll-free, 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, toll-free, 1-800-774-531. And uh, at the end of every month, or once a month, we select one of the people whose emails or voicemails were played on the show. That person gets to pick a number on the prize, Matron, any number 1 through 50. Each number corresponds to a different prize, and it can be anything from a $25 Disney gift certificate all the way up to a seven-day, six-night Resort ma- or Magic Your Way package for four plus dining at Walt Disney World or a six-day, five-night Resort Magic package at Disneyland. Those are both in there to be one right now. And uh, speaking of the package for Disneyland, just want to remind everybody on next week's show, we are going to uh, select one name at random from our mailing list. You can sign up on our mailing list podcast at uh, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And we are going to select one name at random from our mailing list. And that person will win a six-day, five-night Resort Magic Package to Disneyland. And uh, so we're very excited about that. That's on next week's show. We hope, uh, we hope you enjoyed our email show this week. I just want to mention before we go, um, the crew is going to be at Universal this weekend. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's right. We are going to be at Universal at Mardi Gras. On Saturday night, uh, the 8 o'clock parade, we will be on a float. You won't be able to miss us. We'll be seen from space. <laughs> what kind of float is it going to be? I have there? no earthly idea. We've Kevin and I have done this once before, and there is one float that seems to be sort of for guests, and it's shaped like a big alligator. And I believe that's the one we're going to be on, the alligator float. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, no confirmation of that, though. No so. confirmation, but I'm pretty sure it's in every parade, and it's also... Sort of their open float for oh, guests. But all the floats, the back but all the floats have people on it. Well, 
all the floats have people on it. I think this is one of the few ones that are set up for guests because there's it's like a, there's a trough in the middle where you can stand. Where the other ones are people. Oh, <laughs> it's, I'm hitting stuff. And we're going to dress like alligators. We're going to be probably have to wear a green smock mm. because we all sort of want to blend together. Pretty. The other the other floats do have people on them, but they're sort of professionals and they won't fall off. Professional float riders. <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, well, some whatever. of us spazzes. We, we will be in the parade. We will be on one of the floats uh, this Saturday night. Uh, the twenty eighth. If we see you wearing your shirt, we're going to throw beads at you at Universal Hard. Orlando. Yes, we will, we will throw more beads at anybody we see wearing a shirt. So, all right, that'll do it for our email show this week, folks. Thanks very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.